Welcome back to Church Public, current events from a Christian perspective. First up today, what is a recession? According to the Biden White House, apparently it doesn't exist. Next, we look at the latest music news where T-Swift is in trouble, I guess, from the climate police for producing too much CO2 with her jet-set lifestyle. YouTube is cracking down on abortion misinformation. What does that mean for me, or you, for instance? And finally, a woman's soccer player who happens to be a Christian gets kicked out of the game because she won't wear a cult symbol. I'm Matt Odegaard, and this is Church Public. Welcome back to Church Public. I am your host, Matt Odegaard. Thanks so much for joining me here today. If you are an audio listener, you can check out the video on YouTube or at churchpublic.com slash podcasts. I appreciate any help that you want to throw my way in terms of a review, five-star review, if you want to like it, if you want to subscribe, if you want to hit the little notification bell, if you really enjoy this and it's helpful to you in any way and you want to send this to a friend who you're like, hey, I don't know what's going on and my friend doesn't know what's going on or somebody needs to know what's going on or you're like, this person really needs to hear it, go ahead and hit that little launcher button and launch this off to somebody in a faraway land and maybe it'll help them too. My goal here is to help you understand how to follow Jesus in this crazy and fallen world and not become looking like the world. It's it's kind of tricky these days to just like, are you going to give in? Are you just going to do everything the world does? Or are you going to be a Christian? Are you going to follow after Christ? And more and more, that's going to have a cost as we see in one of the stories upcoming with the Christian women's soccer player or women's soccer player who happens to be Christian, however you want to describe that. We're going to look at that story because that goes right to the heart of what we're talking about. If you want to make choices, if you want to live according to your faith, those choices are going to come with consequences as we will see and begin to see more and more as we move on. But first, story of the day that we're looking at is the economy because it's not doing great. And and the numbers have come out and we've seen a lot of these numbers and you know, we're looking at these numbers. What do they look like? They're down. They're a lot down. They are, uh, let's see, the second quarter of 2022 is 0.09% down. And so historically, two quarters of GDP decline has been the literal definition of recession. And basically all economists up until a week ago said this is the case. However, now the White House and basically everybody else who is ringing the party line says, well, you know, that might be a recession. It probably isn't, though. It's probably like certain outlets are saying it's the hints of a recession or the dangers uh, of a recession may be happening. You're hearing language like this, uh, which is a bunch of euphemisms for we're actually in a recession, but we don't want to say it. Probably. Who knows, right? I mean, it seems like a lot of the things we've we've encountered lately have to do with language and have to do with redefining language. We're going to redefine what language really is. Are we going to redefine what a woman is, what a man is? Are we going to redefine uh, what a marriage is? We've seen this a lot over the course of the past few weeks, and we continue to see this in the past months, years. Uh, so we're now redefining a recession. What is a recession really? Brian Deese, the director of the National Economic Council, strongly reiterated the claim uh, during the White House press briefing Tuesday that, quote, two negative quarters of GDP 
growth or decline is not the technical definition of a recession. This is his quote, continuing. It's not the definition that economists have traditionally relied on. He said and continued, there is an organization called the National Bureau of Economic Research. And what they do is look at a broad range of data in deciding whether or not a recession has occurred yet. In 2008, this is exactly the definition Deese gave. Let's see, here it is. So he gave in 2008 this definition when speaking uh, in regards to Clinton, in regards to Bush, um, that he says, quote, what Senator Clinton has said is, of course, economists have a technical definition of recession, which is two consecutive quarters of negative growth. And what she's been, uh, I don't even need to read the rest of this quote, but that is what he said about the technical definition of a recession in 2008. And yet now, he says, well, I mean, not really. That's not really the definition. And we don't really say that's the definition of recession because does anybody really know what a recession is? A recession is whatever a recession identifies as. I may have added that last part, but you get the idea. Then you have superstar Pete Ducey, uh, who asked Corinne Jean-Pierre, our lovely White House press secretary, about this whole redefinition and what's going on. And well, here's her response. So great, though, then why is it the White House officials are trying to redefine recession? No, we're not redefining recession. If we all understand a recession to be two consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth in a row, and then you have White House officials come up here to say, no, 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 that's not what a recession is. It's something else. How is that not redefining recession? Because that's not the definition. That is not the definition. Brian Deese said in 2008, of course, economists have a technical definition which is of a recession, which is two consecutive quarters of negative growth. I can tell and you this. And yesterday he said mm -hmm. two, consec two negative quarters of GDP growth is not the technical definition of a recession. It what is not. Changed? It is not. Why did he say that it, it was? Not I mean... It seems like he's got a point there. So he referenced the quote that I mentioned earlier about Brian Deese in 2008 saying literally that recession is to negative GDP growth quarters in a row, which we have just logged in. And yet the White House says, yeah, but that's not really a recession, is it? I mean, who really knows? I guess that's where we are now. Meanwhile, Biden is proudly proclaiming that gas is down a few cents. I really, 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 really love or maybe hate this tweet. Anyway, here is Biden's tweet, uh, July 25. For American families looking for a little more breathing room, these savings matter. Uh, if you're not watching and just uh, listening to the audio, again, thank you so much. Here is the um, the picture uh, pictograph of the tweet. At current prices, the average driver will spend $35 less for one person or $70 less per month for family with two cars than they would if gas prices had stayed at their peak, which reigned in uh, a few weeks ago. However, this tweet um, doesn't really take into account the fact that um, how, however many long ago, right, in 2021 January, when Biden took office, gas was, what, 230-something a gallon at its national level? Um, that's quite a bit lower than the figures that this tweet happened to point out. Uh, actually, also as a side note here, uh, I do have to point out that in his bubble, again, if you're not watching, this is just, uh, 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 you know, maybe me, the grammar police. I don't know if other people have noted this or care, but um, in this first bubble, when it says $35 less for one piece in, 
I'm just reading P-E-S-O-N. I assume what they meant is person, uh, but then again, what is a woman? Okay, so I, I know that's that's a silly statement, right? But um, who really cares? I mean, unless spelling is important, which I might say it is. Senator Bill Cassidy, Republican of Louisiana, interpreted Biden's tweet as Americans are still paying more at the pump. Uh, he said, quote, in other words, Americans are paying over $100 more per person to fill up their tanks when, at, than when Biden took office in January, as I had just mentioned. So, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's lovely. <laughs> All right, uh, moving on from the recession, because please can we, but unfortunately, probably not for a while. But in music news, sweet music news, um, sweet Taylor Swift is in trouble with the climate police. And this story, I mean, it has nothing to do with anything other than it's funny. It's funny to me because all of a sudden, and, and I'll hopefully if I have time and my schedule's changing a little bit, so the episodes that I do uh, will vary in their uh, in their time a little bit in, in how they come out and what they're comprised of. But uh, the climate police have been uh, awakened, I guess. There have been a lot of stories, and I, I didn't clip them for this episode because I didn't have time today, but, but there's a lot of, of climate issues that all of a sudden have come out. And in the meantime, poor Taylor Swift, poor, sad, and lonely, uh, and, and poor... Taylor Swift, who's actually very rich and very famous and apparently can do whatever she wants, um, has become in trouble with the climate police. According to Forbes, Taylor Swift provokes backlash and mockery after a topping list of private jet polluters. Uh, that is the Forbes article. So uh, I, I don't follow a lot of celebrity news. I just don't care. But but this one is is funny to me because when the dragon eats its own tail, I just find that interesting. Apparently, according to Forbes, this is reading from the article, celebrity excess has been the subject of heated discussion lately. Apparently, Kylie Jenner uh, and her beau, um, a, they did a side-by-side -side of their pair of private jets, uh, apparently, and so she had a 20-something minute drive, um, but instead she took a 17-minute flight on her private jet, uh, so that was bad, and Instagram was very unhappy with her about that. She was labeled as a, quote, climate criminal by Instagram and Twitter uh, because everyone apparently is trying to reduce, reuse, recycle, except for these celebrities who just use their private jets. So the UK-based the sustainability marketing firm Yard has assembled and ranked a list of the biggest celebrity climate criminals, and Taylor Swift came in as number one. Yep, Taylor Swift was number one. Apparently, in 2022, so far, it, her private jet has done 170 private flights, and the CO2 emissions were something like 8,293 tons, according to Yard's data. Um, and according to this general data, Apparently, the normal human like you and me in our annual um, consumption of CO2 or, or um, emission of CO2, however that works, uh, we put out in everything that we do in a whole year, something like a thousand um, uh, or sorry, a thousand times less than just these flights that uh, that sweet Taylor has uh, has done through her private jet and Again, I, I don't really care about this, but I think it's funny. I think it's funny that 
celebrities just want to uh, fly wherever they want and do whatever they want, and yet decry the criminality of expelling CO2 into the world. And we saw in, Deut- in, uh, in the Netherlands, the Dutch, who are in big trouble over World Economic Forum policies. I, I reported this story a couple days ago. Uh, if you missed it, go to churchpublic.com or, uh, or any of the podcast places and, and search for it. Um, they, the farmers are protesting in a huge way because, because they were told, and this sounds like a joke, but it's, I promise it's not a joke, that their cows and goats were releasing too much gases through their bodily functions into the environment. And because these cows and goats and other farm animals released too much uh, <laughs> emissions, these farmers, I'm laughing, but it's, it's really terrible. They have to get rid of a bunch of their livestock. Which means you can't be a farmer if you can't farm, right? Like it's kind of the definition of farming. And so they're rebelling and saying, hey, I'd like to provide for my family. I'd like to work. I'd like to run my farm that I've had for generations, if not hundreds of years. And uh, hey, government, maybe let me do this. So they've been protesting that. Sri Lanka, we just saw, who is the the most compliant on climate reality, apparently in the world, just overthrew their whole government over this because they weren't able to provide for their families. Because it turns out that when you shut down all of the things that you're able to do to whatever, save Mother Earth, all of a sudden you can't live. Um, And then you have rich and famous people like Taylor Swift and a bunch of these other uh, people. I didn't even write down who they were because I don't really care uh, that much. Um, But uh, Taylor Swift, let's see. Some of the other people were Floyd Mayweather, Jay-Z, Alex Rodriguez, Blake Shelton, Steven Spielberg, Kim Kardashian, Mark Wahlberg, uh, Oprah Winfrey, and Travis Scott. And then poor Kylie Jenner got booted down a couple of points on this this top 10 list. Um, but uh, but Ta- Taylor, oh, poor Taylor, at the top of this list. And she was really sad. Uh, and then her representative said... Taylor's jet is loaned out regularly to other individuals to attribute most or all of these trips to her is blatantly incorrect to, uh, to which I would respond. Uh, who cares? I mean, like you own the jet, the jet flew the hours. If you're saying climate is a catastrophe and a climate emergency, and we're all going to die because the cows are passing too much gas, but you can fly your jet or someone can fly your jet for more than a thousand times of the regular person, just your jet emits that um you kind of don't have a leg to stand on but anyway what do i know that's just what i'm that's just what i'm thinking um and here's here's the thing again one more time before we move on from this i don't really care if you're rich you're famous you have a plane go and fly um you know have some lunch come back it kind of actually sounds amazing i'm not gonna lie that sounds incredible at the same time, yes, we should take care of the planet. And yes, the there's probably the world is warmer than it used to be. Yes, humans probably contribute something to that. All of that happens to be true. What is the solution, though? Should the solution be a bunch of policies where we literally can't eat? They want us to eat bugs. We talked about that the other day. You can't raise farm animals because farm animals are bad. You can't own land. Like, all of these things. Like, is that the abundant life that we're supposed to have? Um, I'm not sure about that. Sure, we should take care of 
of the planet, but we have to live. We have to enjoy our life. And that means using the resources that we have. The earth is actually here for humanity. Once we say that the earth is prioritized over humanity, then we have, again, taken the place of God and said, well, humans don't matter and the earth matters more, which gets us into these crazy situations where we kill babies, but save bald eagle eggs right because bald eagle eggs if you disturb a bald eagle egg you go to prison you have to pay like two hundred fifty thousand dollars. but kill a baby in utero you're praised for it you shout about it in front of the people at the uh at the parades and at the protests and and even on the stage for some of these award shows that is celebrated this is where we we flip our priorities upside down and we really get in big trouble so we go back to genesis because this is current events from a christian perspective genesis 126 then god said let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over Did you hear that? Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the livestock, the earth, and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Basically, everything. Man, humanity, man and woman are supposed to have dominion and care for, but also rule over, basically the whole earth. Humans are prioritized over the earth. Yes, the earth is important. Yes, we should take care of the earth. Yes, we probably haven't even done the best job at doing that. All of those things can be true, yet if we upset the entire thing and flip the whole thing on its head and say, well, the earth is more important than humans, so humans shouldn't eat and humans should starve and we should have less humans and and kill humans because they're killing the earth. We really have flipped things on their head and that's a problem. So to poor Taylor, I'm sorry you're having such a hard time with your private jet and your uh, wonderful trips that you get to take it's just funny to me sometimes when the left destroys itself because you cannot this is this is the truth that you're gonna have to grab onto this is my advice you can't ever be woke enough you can't you can't do it so just do the right thing and you're gonna get some flack for that and that is what it is that's that's the way of life you're gonna be loved by some people you're gonna be hated by some people and if you don't have an internal compass, if you don't know where you're coming from, if you don't know what drives you other than the, the all of the responses you get, you're going to leave a pretty miserable life. And uh, I would say, I don't think anybody wants that. All right, YouTube. Um, YouTube is cracking down on abortion misinformation. And what does this even mean? Like, what is, what is YouTube doing? Well, apparently YouTube, uh, according to, this is a Fortune magazine, YouTube says we'll crack down on abortion misinformation. So the Supreme Court has overturned Roe v. Wade. We celebrated that. I posted the other day that something like 45 abortion facilities in America have shut down since this happened, which is an enormous credit. Praise to God. Like, that's incredible. So many babies are going to be saved. And I love that. You should love that. We should celebrate that uh, in, uh, in, in response to this incredible, incredible change that's happened. But YouTube on the other side, and I don't even know as I'm talking about this right now, what that means for me. That's why I started in the intro saying, what does this mean for me? What does it mean for you? According to Fortune Mag, the video sharing platform announced that it will ban content that violates its medical misinformation policy starting this week and ramping up over the next few weeks. Now, a lot of this, according to the report, is that uh, apparently people are posting these homemade abortion concoctions that will kill the baby by taking these herbs and other things. Now, that's terrible. And of course, those should be removed because we don't want people poisoning themselves or poisoning babies or poisoning anybody. All of that is bad. And of course, we should get rid of that. However, the question is, what else are they going to 
get rid of. And this misinformation, we've talked about misinformation quite a bit. Misinformation can mean literally anything, and that's kind of a problem. So uh, in late May, ahead of the overturn, YouTube CEO Susan Wojcicki shared her personal view in support of abortion rights uh, with the Fortune magazine. Uh, and she, while she was at the World Economic Forum, there they are again, she said, quote, I believe reproductive rights are human rights and to take away a law and a right that we've had for almost 50 years will be a big setback for women. Just as a caveat, and I hate to keep saying this over and over again, <laughs> Roe v. Wade and the right of abortion. Uh, first, it's never a law. First, it's not a uh, right. And second, reproductive rights are it's a misnomer because reproduction has already happened once you conceive a child. So now we're talking about something else. But that to be said, she goes on to say, uh, or to talk about YouTube's crackdown. Um, and the Fortune magazine says this coincides with, with its YouTube's launch of an informal panel that will add context to abortion-related videos. What is this context? I don't know. You don't know. No one knows. Uh, apparently, when a viewer searches the word abortion and other key terms on YouTube, a pop-up at the top will provide a definition, apparently, of abortion, if you didn't know what it was by now, um, and it will redirect you to the National Library of Medicine page. Does this seem like a problem? Like, what if someone doesn't want an abortion? You, you know, like, what if someone wants something else, like, like to sustain their pregnancy or not get an abortion. And then you move to the Christian Post article that I was reading about this and um, the National Right to Life Director of Communications, Laura, I'm going to mess up this last name, so I apologize in advance, Ekavaria, warned that YouTube could use Planned Parenthood as one of its, quote, global health authorities, end quote, to provide context about abortion. So in other words, YouTube apparently is going to use Planned Parenthood as the authority to provide context about abortion. So if you search for it, what you're going to get is what Planned Parenthood says, not necessarily what it really is. Additionally, Ekvaria warned of the direct impact YouTube's effort to combat misinformation could have on pro-life groups. She said, quote, if we talk about a living unborn baby in a video, they may, may excuse me, they may deem that as inflammatory language or something like that. I would agree that is a problem, which is why I don't even know what this video is going to do. She went on to say it's medically and scientifically accurate, but they may deem it inflammatory, end quote. She addressed what she characterized as this misinformation campaign, which I've talked about as well, about pro-life pregnancy centers. Uh, we went back uh, a couple of weeks ago. We talked about Elizabeth Warren, who wants to get rid of all pregnancy care centers in America, apparently, or especially in Massachusetts, where she is, because she says they're dangerous. She compared them to, quote, torture centers, end quote. Uh, and um, other activist lawmakers have called pregnancy care centers fake clinics. They've said they trick people by, by saying, we're going to provide you abortion. And then instead, they do this really terrible thing, like help you keep your baby. Um, there's a lot of this, this misinformation campaign, according to YouTube, really seems to go in the other direction, but who knows? Anyway, YouTube's vow to remove misinformation follows a June 17 request from Democratic lawmakers asking Google to scrub pro-life pregnancy centers from search results. So did you hear that? That's kind of a thing. If the Democratic, um, uh, you know, lawmakers, so Congress, Senate, whatever, say to Google, you need to remove pro-life 
pregnancy center information from the results. Is that the government meddling in in the the technic world, like in in the technocratic world of Google? Is that the government telling Google what to do? Does that make Google a arm of the Democratic Party, an arm of the government? Does that mean Google is a free and fair exercise of expression of speech, or is it actually then government-sponsored you know, you see where this goes. This is this is kind of a really big problem that we need to keep an eye on. Um, this article goes on to say the members of Congress told Google, the parent company of YouTube, that the pregnancy centers are, quote, fake clinics that traffic in misinformation and don't provide comprehensive health services, which I believe what they mean is provide abortions because pregnancy centers don't provide abortions because pregnancy centers want you to have babies. Uh, and this, <laughs> this also went on to say that pregnancy centers are, quote, dangerous to women's health, end quote. The, this is the upside-down world that we live in, people. This is the upside-down world where to have a baby is dangerous to a woman's health, to, is dangerous to a mom. To kill a baby means that the woman gets to live, because if you have a baby, a woman will die. But if you don't have a baby, the woman gets to live. Like I it's it's even hard to like put this into context because it's so upside down. But this is the world we're living in. These are the definitions where they want to flip everything over. What is a woman? What is a man? What is a marriage? What is a recession? What is an abortion? What is a baby? Nobody knows because we have turned the definition of everything literally on its head and now we're just living in a made-up dream world where they're going to enforce these things through the government. The government is going to tell Google, as we just heard, the government is going to tell Google, you have to make the results go a different way when someone searches for this. You search for a pregnancy center, you're going to get an abortion center. Or who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? But this is the direction the government wants to go because they want to redefine everything because they know. If you have the truth, the truth will set you free and babies are a blessing, period, full stop. All right, let's uh, let's finish this. Um, Echevarria does maintain as well that pro-abortion Democrats and the abortion industry have painted a target onto pregnancy centers, she mentions. And I agree with that. And we have noted, I had a message the other day about the dozens and dozens of pregnancy centers, churches, and other clinics that have been targeted, vandalized, firebombed, threatened by pro-abortion anti-life activists. And that's a really big problem that we see. All right, I'm going to leave this and move on to a, I believe, a final story of the day. Let's see where we are in this. I believe this is my final story of the day before we get to the verse of the day. So hopefully you've made it this far and hopefully you can continue. And one, this is the next topic that isn't particularly near and dear to my heart. We're talking about sports. If you know me, you know that I'm not a particularly sportsy guy, but this is an interesting sports story. For So for those that are interested in sports, maybe this will scratch that itch. And anyway, uh, in other sports news, a woman who is a soccer player. What is a woman? What is a soccer player? I, I don't know. We're in the definitions period. But anyway, we have a woman soccer player who happens to be a Christian, and she was benched for not wearing a pride jersey. I think I have a picture of the pride jersey here. Here is the pride jersey. Uh, you can see the lovely uh, pride colors over the numbers. The U.S. soccer team celebrated Pride Month, and uh, once again, I would say we see that this religious cult takes no prisoners. You must comply or you lose your job, your livelihood, your ability to play your sport, etc. There will be no mercy. North Carolina Courage Defender 
Jaylene Daniels was sidelined for the team's Friday soccer game after refusing to wear an LGBT pride-themed jersey. The Washington Post said, quote, Jaylene will not be rostered tonight as she has made the decision to not wear our pride jersey, a Courage spokeswoman said. She went on to say, while we are disappointed with her choice, we respect her right to make the decision for herself. We're excited to celebrate our LGBTQIA+. I didn't even add anything. That's actually what's written. Community with our fans, players, and staff tonight to look forward to hosting our first ever Pride Festival before kickoff. So do you see what's happening here? The quote is, we are disappointed with her choice, but we respect her right to make the decision for herself. But, sure, you can have whatever opinion you want. But you can't play on our team if you have that opinion. You can't have that job if you have that opinion. You can't go to our school if you have that opinion. You you can't go to the mall if you have that opinion. But you can have whatever opinion you want. We just aren't going to let you work, uh, you know, or or play or have friends. You just have to go and have that opinion by yourself. That's really what we're looking at here. And I know you're saying, Matt, you're you're out to lunch. You're 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 too far off. But this is literally what has happened in this instance. Um, this soccer player was not allowed to play because she wouldn't wear the right color. She wouldn't wear the symbol of this religious cult that says you have to observe everything in the LGBTQIA plus hashtag dollar sign or you just don't get to play. The coach, Sean Nahas, gushed about how powerful wearing the pride-themed jersey is to the team. So she said, quote, What we have to remember is, it's the second time they've worn those jerseys, and I know how powerful it was for them and how much it means for them. This is according again to the Washington Post. She continued, my number one thing was nothing is going to come in between that because that's important to them and that means something to them, and I stood by that. So again, this is the most important thing for a soccer team, for a women's soccer team. The most important thing is to support LGBT lifestyle, not playing soccer, winning the game, having a good game, having good sportsmanship, being a good person. No, the most important thing, according to the coach of this team, is to support the lifestyle. Uh, Daniels, according to the Daily Wire, whose maiden name is Hinkle, was resigned to the Courage, I'm sorry, (laughs) resigned, not resigned, re-signed to the Courage last year. And when Daniels was re-signed, the team sent a letter to the fans. And, and, And this is kind of a weird thing. How often does a team, in signing a player, apologize to the community? So this is the letter that the team sent to the world upon signing this soccer player. So it's, I mean, I really have to drill down on this like, and, and understand what's going on. A person who's a soccer player gets signed to a soccer team. The team that thought, this person is great. We want to have this person on our team. This, pl- this person plays soccer really well. They'll probably do well for our team. But we're going to put this person on our team, but also give a letter to the world saying this. In response to the recent news of the re-signing of Jalene Daniels, we as a club acknowledge the impact this announcement has on our community. The letter said, And ESPN reported, we have spent the past few days reading your messages, reflecting on our actions. We are very sorry to those we have hurt, especially to those within the LGBTQIA plus community. The decision to re-sign Jaylene was not made lightly and included significant conversations between organization leadership and Jaylene. The letter said, the priority expressed in those conversations is the safety of our players, maintaining an inclusive, respectful place for the entire team. 
I'm sorry, what? Like, this is an apology letter for putting a person who is a soccer player on a soccer team to play soccer because that person has now endangered the safety of players and apparently the whole LGBTQIA plus hashtag dollar sign community by being a soccer player on a soccer team. Like, the, this is the conclusion. The conclusion is this soccer player who doesn't want to wear a jersey with a rainbow on it because they don't believe in that lifestyle because they're a Christian because the Bible says it's not the right lifestyle that marriage is a man and a woman and that's how you have babies and procreate and live according to God's purpose for your life. And sure, you can have compassion for people who don't understand that or, or don't fully comprehend that. And we can talk about that and we can have individual conversations. But by putting this soccer player on a soccer team, you've, you've endangered the safety of the whole soccer team and maybe the world. I, I don't know. This is a crazy letter and, and should not be under uh, appreciated for what's going on here. So to kind of wrap up this whole story, um, Jaylene apparently is also a new mom. So congratulations to you. Um, I, I wish you well in, in your journey of motherhood. Having a family and having children is a blessing and a wonderful thing. She had a lyric from Christian rapper Lecrae on a tweet that said, if you live for people's acceptance, you'll die from their rejection. She went on to say, unashamed. I like it. I approve it. Thank you for standing up for what you believe, regardless of your crazy soccer team. And I hope you have a great career in soccer. But man, this persecution for values is going to increase, whether you're playing soccer, whether you're going to school, whether you're at work, wherever you are, like this is the direction that our culture is going. You must agree with the culture or you don't get to be involved in the culture, apparently, which is why it's important for me to continue to talk. It's important for you to continue to talk and to say that I am unashamed. I'm going to say that I believe in the Bible. I believe in Jesus. I'm going to live the way that he wants me to live. You might not like it. You might not agree. It's definitely not going to go along with culture, but that's not any different for the past 2,000 years. It's not any different than following God and other things. When you follow God, you're going to go against the world. Christianity is a countercultural religion, but the good news is that Jesus is still King of Kings. Jesus is still Lord of Lords. Nothing in this world is neutral. Either you are moving toward God or you're moving away from God. This world is going as fast as possible, it seems, away from God, and it shows. We see that. We see the evidence in almost everything. Yet, Jesus is still the King of Kings. He is still the Lord of Lords, and those that follow God will receive his blessing. And that gets us to the verse of the day, which is actually just a short passage that I want to share with you. And this verse of the day is from Acts 2 where Peter reminds us of our calling and our confidence in Christ. Peter said to them, Repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promises, for you, for your children, for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. Amen. That's such a great statement that you, regardless of what place you're in now, regardless of where you are in your in your life, in your relationship, in your decisions, if you follow after God, you are can be forgiven. You can find a new life through Jesus Christ. And I hope that's true for you, wherever you are, whatever you've been through. There is nothing that can keep you away from God if you repent, if you turn to him. I hope that is the way that you live your life every single day. I hope that you turn back to him and give him your heart um, and, and follow him with your heart and soul and mind and strength, everything that you have. As always, God bless. Thanks for tuning in today. And for Church Public, I'm Matt Odegaard. Keep the faith.